Okay, today we're talking about the <coughs> Philippian jailer getting saved, but there's so much more in this discourse. One of my, I think I've said this each time I've taught, <coughs> this is one of my favorite places to teach and preach from. I love the story of the Philippian jailer getting saved. We're talking about eight biblical ways <coughs> to win souls to Jesus. In each account that we've looked at, somebody actually got saved. So we can see that these principles, we can see that God used each of these stories to, to win someone to himself. And so today is the Acts chapter 16 story of the Philippian jailer. And I'll read verse 30, 30 and a couple more and then we'll get to the PowerPoint. This is the jailer, of course. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, that is the jailer, took Paul and Silas, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, <coughs> that's the jailer, he and all his straightway. What a beautiful story here that we have this <coughs> jailer getting saved. This great truth that we're going to talk about today. Thou shalt <coughs> believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. That's what Paul and Silas told this jailer. And in the way of introduction, and this is my opinion, you can have another one if you want to. Opinions are like noses. We've all got one, but they're different, so you can have, <coughs> you can have your opinion. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, this great truth is perhaps the most disputed, uh, denied, and despised truth of all the Bible. <coughs> the world religions <coughs> and the world philosophies <coughs> hate this doctrine that... Uh, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. That's just too easy. And uh, so uh, I've heard every kind of person in every walk of life say that's just too easy. That can't be, can't be <coughs> true. But it's still true. <coughs> Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And sadly, I've talked to so many professing Christians who uh, don't believe that, who who by their very uh, <coughs> doctrine deny that. All the people who say believe and be baptized, we covered that. Uh, uh, all the people who say <coughs> you've got to repent, and you do have to repent, by the way. If you don't repent, you shall likewise perish. But most people have the faintest idea what repent means, and they make it works instead of, uh, instead of uh, grace. And so... Uh, today I'm glad I can teach this, uh, this great truth. I may not have all the ins and outs of it. I may not be able to explain it all. I may not even understand it all, which I don't. But I can tell you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be, you'll be saved. That's, I can tell you that. <coughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the truth of the Bible. It cannot be, that cannot be de denied. So thank the Lord for this wonderful truth. This is especially, uh, the, the Hindus don't like this truth. I know that much because I preach to Hindus in India. 
the Muslims don't like this truth. I know that, that's for sure. Uh, the uh, Church of Christ don't like this truth. I know that for sure, because you can't be saved unless you get baptized in the Church of Christ. The Catholic priest, Catholics don't mind this truth, because the average Catholic doesn't know. But Catholic priests can't stand this truth, because you've got to go through them to be saved. And, then, and you've got to have your last rites to be saved. And you've got to be baptized <coughs> as a Catholic to be saved, etc., etc., etc. The <coughs> anti-easy believism Christians don't like this doctrine. Uh, how many times I've heard, you people are just anti-believism. <coughs> I mean, easy believism. So those who, those who are against easy believism... Do not like this doctrine. The hyper-Calvinists do not <coughs> like this doctrine. And so, uh, a lot of things I could say, but I will say this. <coughs> I plead guilty for believing in easy believism. Uh, I, I believe that, and I plead guilty to it. I thank God that God isn't as bad as people accuse Him to be. There's a hell. I preached about it in the park the other night. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should, should uh, repent and go to heaven. And God did something to make it easy for us to go to heaven. Uh, there's a hell, and a loving God doesn't want people to go to hell. So my God made it easy for me to go to heaven. He made it easy. So I sent my son to die for you. He gave his blood for you. You're a sinner. He paid for your sin. Do you believe that, Mike Robinette? Yes. I justify you. I give you imputed righteousness. I write your name in the book of life. It was that easy. It was that, it was that uh, simple. Some of you are looking at a, in Kentucky, we, we say like a calf at a new gate. But anyway, <coughs> it's easy. It's easy. Yeah, we'll see that... <coughs> Of course, our, like we played a Mac Powell song last week, and on his, another song he's on his new CD, says he found out what it meant from your head to your heart. <laughs> so we're not talking about a head belief, and we're talking about a heart belief. We'll cover that. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to have those three. That's the formula. You can't believe that he was just a good person. <laughs> they said, believe on the Lord, not about the Lord. So we'll be covering that today and hopefully answering some of those questions. Okay, so we're going <clears> to <throat> go through this uh, exciting scripture, see some great soul winning principles that are found in this discourse. And the first one is, we see preaching the pure gospel will result in persecution. Preaching the pure gospel will result and persecution. Uh, people don't like the gospel. That's what gets people persecuted. It's what got the missionaries killed. That's what gets the martyrs killed. Uh, nobody's against, well, some people are, but most people in India like for me to come and help orphans. Uh, most people would say amen, even the Hindus, to help rescue girls from temple prostitution. Uh, but they don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear the pure gospel. So if I get killed in India, it won't be because I helped an orphan or rescued a girl from temple prostitution. It'll be because I preached the gospel that uh, Jesus Christ saves, and if you believe in him, you'll be saved. Uh, I love what 
Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 12, many don't preach the cross because the cross brings persecution. It wasn't preaching about works. It wasn't about preaching about the law that got Paul persecuted. He said it was preaching the cross. If you preach the cross, you will be persecuted. And not everybody persecutes us. Some people are glad. So many people received the Lord this week. They listened. They were just so glad to receive the Lord and pray with us. But at the same time, there's going to be somebody who persecutes us for preaching the gospel. And if it isn't somebody, it'll be the devil himself. And I, I would uh, even fear to let, let all those who came to Mission Week this week give a testimony. <coughs> when uh, I heard that Mikey got the tip of his finger cut off, I said, that's, uh, that's, <coughs> that's just one story we're going to hear this week, how Satan's keeping us from serving the Lord. So, but Satan's going to make sure that we're persecuted for preaching the gospel, that's for sure. So uh, that's what got Paul and Silas in trouble for preaching the gospel. I don't have this in your notes, but write down Romans chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. And if I got it handy here, I'll read it real quickly. <coughs> Paul, who wrote more books of the New Testament, who was given the doctrine of salvation, by the way. Paul was given the extra uh, wisdom from God. He was taken to heaven. Jesus shared with him doctrines that we find written here. And Paul said in Romans chapter 4, in verse 4, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So salvation is either by grace or it's by works. It's either freely by grace or it's by works. Uh, baptism would be works. Uh, if repenting is giving up all your sin, that's works. If repenting is even turning from all your sin, that's works. Salvation is by grace alone. Nothing can be added. Once you add something to it, it's no longer grace. You cannot add anything to it. Nothing can be added to it. It's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So these, those verses make it clear, and we'll look at some others that also do that. But first bullet is the soul-winning method of Paul and Silas. I love their soul-winning method. Everything that we do, everything that I could teach or we could read about soul-winning <coughs> has already been, it's already in the Bible. As I said to the youth camp when I preached, if anybody says they're uh, preaching something new, they're probably preaching something false. <laughs> there, is, there is nothing new to preach. <laughs> There's no new way. I was reading today about <clears throat> doing new ways to win people. There is no new way to win people to the Lord. <laughs> there's only one way to win people to the Lord, and that's preach the gospel. There's, there's no new, we may do new things to get people to hear it, but there is no such thing as a new way to win people to the Lord. It's the, it's the same way. And Paul and Silas gives us those principles that we've already looked at, five of them already that were in the Bible, that, the, that we didn't write about, we didn't invent, we just <clears throat> take advantage of what the Holy Spirit gives us. So their method was, 
they went where the people gathered. <coughs> they, were, <coughs> they went to the city of Philippi. We're going to talk about these first converts. And when they got to the city of Philippi, <coughs> they went to where people were. And <coughs> because that's how you win people. You go to where people are. And biblical separation is not isolation. <coughs> We're to be separated in our, in our personal holiness. But uh, if we're separating our personal holiness, that means we're <coughs> burdened to do what Jesus told us to do, and that's go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we can't be isolated if we're going to be soul winners. And, and if, I had, if my flesh had its way, I started to be redundant for the college and career class, but our last class two weeks ago, <coughs> I said... Uh, your flesh hates God. Pastor Tim talked about this a little bit Sunday morning. If you think that your flesh is in love with God, <coughs> you're wrong. Our flesh does not love God. Our flesh despises the things of God. Just go soul winning. You'll find that out. <coughs> Our flesh talks us out of serving God. Our flesh talks us out of witnessing to people. Our flesh talks us out of praying with people. Our flesh is an enemy uh, <coughs> to the to the things of God. So if I had my way, I'd just stay away from people. <laughs> There's two things the Lord has caused me to have a, an aversion to, many things, but one of them is cigarette smoke, and the other one is cursing. I cannot stand to be around cigarette smoke, and I cannot stand to be around cursing. I despise both of them. But this week, I've stood with somebody's Many people smoking right in my face. Terrible. I've stood, had people cursing right in my face. I did it because they need to hear the gospel. I did it because that's what Jesus wants me to do. I did it because uh, uh, that's how people hear the gospel. We have to get around their garbage. We have to get around their junk. I just wish, I, I took a picture of it, but the sun was shining last night and couldn't see it well, but I just wish that everybody could walk down that homeless set of tents that we were at last night and walk down. The first lady I talked to, I went to her tent. I actually got nauseated, the worst smell. It was terrible. It was like India on steroids. It just smelled like somebody died in there. But I said, God, give me grace to do this. And she prayed and asked the Lord to save her. But and the pitiful situation, and I told the young men that were with me, I said, and all, everybody, when I got back, I said, we better thank God we don't have to live like this. But the point is, they went where the people were. They saw people, and they, and they went there. Again, this is my opinion. Some people think revival is a lot of people coming to church. I think revival is people leaving the church and going so what? <laughs> that's, my, that's my idea of a revival. I'm not taking away from all these reports. We've heard about revival <coughs> recently. But the, most of the reports I see are 2,000 people getting together, singing praise and worship songs. I'm all for that. People getting healed. I'm all for that. <coughs> but that's not revival, my friend. <coughs> revival is going where the lost are and preaching the gospel. That's what revival is. That's the result of real revival. 
And that's why we sing praise and worship music. So we'll get on fire for Jesus and go tell somebody about it. This is a little preachy. Sorry about that. I I have a hard time respecting people who sing about it and don't go tell about it. So so revival is telling people about Jesus and going and and going and uh, preaching the gospel. They spoke to those who would listen. Interestingly, it was the women. (laughs) How how often it's usually women who will listen to the gospel. They went to the women, smart soul winners. They went to the women, and the women were gathered. They were there for a prayer meeting, by the way. But they were not, but it was just a it was a prayer to God. They weren't saved, they weren't Christians. So they went to where this religious service was going on, and they talked to these women. Uh, I'm always uh, uh, amazed when men pray with me to get saved. Last week was one night I just led men to the Lord. I went with all ladies, all on Fox Creek. It was just ladies with me, and I led three men to the Lord. Maybe that's why I led three men to the Lord, because I had ladies with me. <laughs> it's a good way to get men's attention. <laughs> but uh, Yvette and I and the, uh, Abigail, who goes to the Spanish department, came out with us, and we witnessed this young man, 32, and we laid our hands on him, and while he was praying and asking the Lord to save him, what an what a awesome thing that was. But uh, they went to these women, they shared the gospel uh, with, with these uh, women. So that's what we tried to do at Mission Week. We tried to go where people are, and, uh, and go where we know folks are. Uh, last night we had the we had to hunt down the homeless people, but we found them. We found where people were, and uh, uh, we had a, we had a we had a great night. We kept we led two of the Lord, then three of the Lord. We were going different places, then four, then five, then seven, eight, nine, and then it got up to nineteen. And nobody wanted to leave until we had twenty people pray last night. <laughs> so we we stayed in Hell H A L E Hell Park. Telling people not to go to hell and until uh, past nine o'clock last night. You're not even supposed to be there that late at night. But anyway, we went to where people are. We spoke to those who would listen. And then we see the first recorded converts in Philippi. Verse 14. A woman who <coughs> worshipped. <coughs> Lydia was worshiping the Lord, like the Ethiopian eunuch. He was came back from worship service. But he didn't know Jesus personally. So <clears throat> Paul led Lydia to the Lord. The Lord opened her heart, the Bible says there. And that's what God has to do. God has to open their heart. And uh, while we're talking about easy believism, <clears throat> uh, one prayer that I pray often, if not every time I go soul winning, is, Lord, forgive me if I didn't make it clear. Because no soul winner wants somebody to make a false profession. <laughs> Nobody wants people to pray a prayer and think that they're going to go to heaven if they didn't receive the Lord. We don't want that. We don't want people to... to <clears throat> that's, why bab- that's why baptizing babies is such a wicked thing. Because people grow up thinking that they're going to heaven because they were baptized as a baby. What a terrible thing. What a terrible doctrine to put false hope in somebody. And to make somebody think that... Because they did something, they're going to go to heaven. Uh, 
So we don't want anybody to have a, have a false hope. So I know if people got saved, it's because the Lord opened their heart. <laughs> I have enough sense to know that. Just because I preached to them and I prayed a prayer with them. And just because they prayed a prayer, none of that means anything unless the Lord opened their heart. And, and so uh, we can't be the judge. We just got to wait till we get to heaven one day. And uh, like uh, D.L. Moody said, somebody said, I saw a guy that <coughs> uh, would come to your church and he's, he was out drunk one night. And D.L. Moody said, that was one of my converts, not the Lord's. <laughs> anyway, the Lord has to open our heart, right? Uh, but uh, thank God we can tell them, and when we get to heaven, we'll find out. And, so, and we, you won't know till you get to heaven, by the way. And then another, uh, these are the first two people who got saved. Another one was a woman possessed with the devil. By the way, Lydia's whole house got saved. We'll mention that in closing. She got saved, her whole house got saved. That's the wonderful thing about somebody getting saved. Uh, usually leads to the whole house getting saved. And our, we get saved, our children get saved, and then our grandchildren get saved. And what a legacy that is. So this other woman got saved. She was possessed with the devil. She was going around mocking. And the Bible says Paul got tired of hearing her mock after several days. He cast the demon out of her. And you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't give a lot of details here. But I think we'll see when we get through the lesson here. I know what Paul did. <clears throat> he cast the demon out of her, and he preached the gospel to her. <laughs> and her life was changed. She was a soothsayer. And, and her masters, those were, that were in charge of her, those that were her soothsaying pimp, as it were, uh, they lost their gain because this woman had gotten right with God. She had gotten saved, and her life had changed. And uh, so they got upset because of that. And uh, then the next, the next bullet is, the gospel made the unbelievers upset. The unbelievers got upset because the gospel was being preached. And this lady's life was changed. And uh, so many stories I could, I could tell about that. Many of you who've heard me teach before, heard me say when, I, my, when my wife and I first got saved as hippies, my family used to uh, want me to cut my hair they didn't want me to take drugs. They, they were so concerned about my life. But when I got saved, they liked me better when I was a dopehead hippie than when I got saved because I started preaching the gospel to them. And if they had their way, they'd rather have the old Mike Robinette instead of the new Mike Robinette. So, so it was with these people. This lady got saved, and they got all upset because her life was, her life was changed. They were worried about their money. <laughs> the hope of their gain was gone. <clears throat> and by the way, that's why so many people won't come to Jesus. It's because of the love of money. The love of money. Somebody who, somebody who cheats and steals to get money will, <laughs> will not come to Jesus. Uh, somebody who's dealing drugs, they can. But if you're wondering why people are so hard, hearted, people who are dealing drugs, that's how they make their money. The chances are they're going to avoid somebody talking to them about Jesus. The crooked businessman, the, the, the person who just loves money, like Jesus said, it's harder for a rich man because people are concerned about their money. And by the way, when you give your life to Jesus, it does affect your money. <laughs> and 
Instead of buying what you want, you may give so somebody can be saved. Instead of living for pleasure, you may give away your money so somebody else can, can get into heaven. It does affect us. And so uh, that's another lesson, isn't it? Anyway, they rejected the message. In verse 16, they rejected the message. They, they heard the message, and they, re, they, re, they rejected the message. They didn't want to hear it. They said, these men teaching customs, it's not lawful for us to hear. It's like the Muslim told me last year when I was out visiting. said, uh, we're Muslims. You can't talk to us like that. <coughs> I said, number one, this is America. I can talk to you like that. And secondly, Jesus told me to come and talk to you like that. Yeah, I can talk to you like that. I'm told to talk to you uh, like that. <coughs> and then the mob turned against Paul and Silas. You know, when somebody gets mad at you, and it's easy for the mob to get mad at you. It's easy for, the, for the, whole, the whole group to gang up on you. So they were persecuted uh, because of preaching the gospel. And then last thing on this point, they were scourged and put in prison. They, the magistrates ordered their clothes, Paul and Silas' clothes to be ripped off. They scourged them. And Paul would write in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, that that happened to him five times. He was scourged 49 times with a cat of nine tails, 49, just like Jesus was, <clears throat> but not as bad as he was. That happened to him five times, and he still was faithful. Thank God for Paul, amen? <laughs> Thank God he didn't quit. He got scourged five times, and he just kept on getting up and, and preaching the gospel. Well, I'm going to play one of my favorite Casting crown songs. Uh, this song is, <clears throat> if I ever want to weep, I just play this song, Cause Me to Weep. I know some of you, my music is a little up there, a little out there for you. <laughs> I apologize. I respect that, by the way, if that's the case. But this song, all of us can like. Uh, it's got the, just a beautiful song and Loving My Jesus. I was a wandering soul Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance in sight I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that Spend the rest of my life loving my Jesus, showing my scars, telling my story of how mercy can reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart. Tries to make you high with 
whispers that same old lie. Keep all your pain inside, 'cause no one will understand. The last thing this lost world needs is someone I'm trying to be. The truth that is setting me free is that I'm just a Face to face with the one who gave all for me. May all I have to show be all that mattered most. Making your great name known. Let this be my only legacy. Loving my. Last night talking to those people, I didn't tell them any of my testimony, but I knew that mercy could reach them because I knew where mercy found me. Thank you, Lord. Okay, secondly, second great sowing thing we learned here is praising while suffering will be a witness to others. I go through this a little quickly for the sake of time, but they got put in jail and they sang in praise. They didn't pout and doubt, they sang in praise. Pouting and doubting will never witness to anybody. But when we praise, pray and sing praises, when we're suffering, that's a great testimony. So many verses on that, on that principle. I just appreciate people when they're suffering still praising the Lord. I was impressed with Skyler and Aaron at the 
the baby's funeral. Sorry to bring that up, but they, when they got up, they praised the Lord. And, the, and they, what, when, when we're suffering and we praise Jesus anyway, that's a testimony. That's what the world's looking for, by the way. Uh, everybody's hungry for somebody who's got joy in the midst of sorrow and who can weep and still praise God. That's, people are hungry for that. And when people see that in our lives... It will affect them, just like I put here in the notes. It affected these prisoners. They heard them, and they, it affected them. <clears throat> I put down Philippians 1, 12, and 13, one of my favorite verses, a portion of the script. Paul said, the things that have happened to me have happened for the furtherance of the gospel. And then he goes on to say that the prisoners got saved in Philippians chapter 1. So Paul was in jail. He understood that. He understood what's going on. He's there. <clears throat> for preaching, and they praised, and these prisoners heard them. <clears throat> By the way, when the, when the earthquake came and the prison doors were open, getting so many details that <clears throat> the Holy Spirit didn't put, but just some imagination, notice the prisoners all stayed. I believe they stayed because they all got saved. <laughs> I believe they stayed because Paul and Silas preached the gospel to them, and they were, they were, they were affected by, this, by these two preachers who... Praise God and preach the gospel to them and won them the Lord. Their, the prisoner's testimony, the third bullet, kept the jailer from committing suicide. The jailer knew he was going to be killed because the prison doors were open. All the prisoners were going to leave. <clears throat> that was a death sentence. And when he came in, was going to, took his sword, was going to kill himself. Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. <laughs> Everybody's here. Paul and Silas, we're here. All the prisoners are here, and so their testimony kept the jailer from <coughs> getting saved. I tell you what, that would have changed a jailer's life, right? Oh, to see prisoners, <laughs> prisoners get saved, <coughs> prisoners living for Jesus. <coughs> and then thirdly, persecution and praising opens doors for soul winning. The Lord gave me this thought. The prison doors were open, so Paul and Silas would have open doors to preach the gospel. That's why God opened these doors, so they'd have open doors to, to share the gospel. Uh, Romans 8, 28, I got in my notes, you don't have it, but all things work together for good to them that love God. Then they're called according to his purpose. And Paul understood that. The jailer saw this. He witnessed all of this. He saw the prisoners saved. He heard Paul and Silas praising. Nobody had left. It was just a miracle happened. And so the jailer was brought to his knees, and he said, what must I do to be saved? I see all these, jailer, these jailbirds got saved, and you're saved, and you're, you're singing praises about this one. What do I, must I do to be saved? He didn't ask, what must I do to be healed? What must I do to be rich? What must I do to be successful? He asked life's most important question. What must I do to be saved? And they gave life's most important answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Again, that three-part, believe on the Lord. <clears throat> the Bible says no one can call Jesus Lord but by the Holy Spirit. You can't accept Jesus without recognizing he's the Lord. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47, by the way, tells us who, what, it, what it means to say Jesus is the Lord. Paul said, Adam, <clears throat> the first man was Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven, God from heaven. That's who Jesus was. He was God from heaven. 
He was the Lord Jesus. Jesus means Savior. Christ, the Messiah, the sent one from God. And that's how we get saved by believing on Jesus. Not about him. We believe on him. We trust on him. And maybe an illustration I could give, a crude illustration. I'm getting ready to go to India. I'm looking at this big giant plane. And uh, I'm standing outside and I'm believing in the plane. Believing in the plane, believing about the plane, never got me to India. I got on the plane. <laughs> Getting on the plane got me to India. That's what it means to believe on Jesus. We trust on Jesus. Uh, we, we, we trust him for our, for our soul. We trust him for our salvation. That's what it means. When they, when they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that was what they were, that's what they were saying. And then lastly, they notice this. Case you, case we would just think, oh, they just said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't, they didn't just do that. The next verse said, they preached the word to him. <laughs> they preached the word to him. So, like I showed the lesson about the how I do the sinner's prayer. <clears throat> uh, Jason, have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? No. Uh, here's the sinner's prayer. I prayed this when I was 24. I read the prayer, and then I say, here's why I prayed that, Jason. Then I go back through, and I share the plan of salvation, why I prayed that. So that's what Paul and Silas did. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. And then they shared with him how to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so clear that the next verses say that. Let me just quote these verses. You ought to, every Christian needs to memorize these verses. If you're going to win souls, you need to know these verses right here. Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That's what Jesus said. If Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank. Amen? Amen. Jesus said in John 3, 18, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Jesus said that. Jesus said in John 5, 24, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath passed from death unto life. They asked Jesus, what works must we do to go to heaven in John 6, 29? Jesus said, this is the work of God. This is how you get saved. This is what God intends for you. Believe and you shall be saved, Jesus said. This is the work of God. Believe on him whom he has sent and you shall be saved. Jesus said that. So if all the religions say something different, the religions are wrong. If the commentaries say something different, they're wrong. If your favorite preacher says something different, he's wrong. If the, if the TV evangelist says something different, they're wrong. Jesus is right. You believe on him, that's how you get saved. Amen. And then remember the scripture we taught about Philip. Thank God for that in the Bible. If you've got a Bible that doesn't have this verse, in my opinion, you've got the wrong Bible. And there's a lot of Bibles that, don't, that change this verse, by the way. The eunuch said, what does hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, believe on the Lord Jesus with all your heart. If you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. And so uh, another little note here. It's, it's one thing to have a, you know, another, something to study. But when you go on the street, you better have the sword. <laughs> and so when I go on the street, I take my good old King James Bible because... <clears throat> You can't win a debate with Muslims without this one. The Muslims say, the Bible's been changed so many times. And I say, 
This one hasn't been changed in over 300 years. That's the only way you can win a debate with a Muslim. The Church of Christ says so you've got to believe, you've got to be baptized. This book says you've got to believe with all your heart to be baptized. I could give you so many more examples, but when you go on the street, you've got to have the right sword. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.